0: everyone welcome to make mine multiversity your twice weekly marvel podcast where you can get all of the news books marvel entertainment that you could ever want uh so welcome back it's been a little while since we talked uh and you might notice that uh kevin's missing but before we get into that um my name is Elias you've probably heard my voice on a few of the podcasts uh in the last few
1: months and i'm jake and you've probably heard me on the same episodes you've heard Elias on yeah
0: imagine that so we're both now the co-hosts of the make mine multiversity podcast and because we are in a new era we need a new name so in the grand marvel tradition we are now the fresh make mine multiversity 2.0 now start avengers (laughs) podcast
1: I forgot that you called it that and now I'm embarrassed for every reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we got to keep up the crappy naming traditions of Marvel recently.
1: Um it's always it's forever with crappy naming in Marvel. <laughs> they called it Secret War because those two words tested well with kids who bought toys. But <laughs> that's a subject for a later pod.
0: Yes, yes it will. We'll get to that later, not today though. Uh yeah, so Kevin, as you may have heard in his introduction during last month's episode, is moving on to
1: greener pastures. He's starting a new job and he's moving and we're very excited for him and we're really optimistic that once he's settled, he's gonna come back and uh, grace the airwaves once again.
0: And if he doesn't want to, I will fly out there and physically drag him to a podcast mic to help with at least one episode.
1: Um, that sounds incredibly difficult, but you're a you're a doer, you're a go getter, Elias, so I believe in you.
0: I try. I try very hard. So we wish him all the best, and we hope to hear his voice again over the pod. So this episode is going to be a little bit shorter. It's going to be a little bit different. We're getting back into the swing of things, trying to figure everything out now that uh, Marvel Books are back on the stands, but on this weird every-other-week schedule, and it's also a pared-down amount. We'll get into all of that later, but for the for right now, we wanted to take a, the time to kind of introduce ourselves. What do we do at Mar- uh, Multiversity? Multiversity? You know, we've done this a bunch of times, but uh, it's always nice to kind of have it in one place so we could point and be like, this is the episode where they talk about themselves ad nauseum and have a lot of fun. So, Jake, how about you get started with that?
1: Thanks, Elias. I'm Jake, and I am the manager at large at multiversitycomics.com, which is a great website. And what that means practically is I'm like the floating manager. So if we need someone to do an edit of something, or if there's a weird project that doesn't quite fit under the purview of news or comic reviews, or the things that we normally do on the website, um, it falls to me. And I just do a lot of random tasks. And I quite enjoy it. I also sometimes uh, get to write reviews. Still, which is my favorite thing to do for the site, comic review specifically, this summer I am reviewing Star Wars Legacy, a Dark Horse Marvel comic, and occasionally I I get to do some TV shows too. What about you, Elias? What do you do on the site?
0: So uh, I introduced myself earlier. I'm Elias. I am sort of of jack-of-all-trades here at the site. I am the... Editor of the web comics column, along with Mike Mazakane, uh, and I kind of handle most of our web comics content. So there, there's the interview with a web series, and I just I kind of do writing for wherever they will let me because I hate free time. Uh,
1: so truly, you do. It blows my mind. I love free time.
0: Yeah. So during the year, I review Supergirl and Riverdale on the site. Uh, over the summer, I'm doing uh, Babylon 5. This is my third year doing that. I'm finally in the part of the show that I have never seen before. Oh, so It's wow. really interesting to get to actually watch episode by episode and week by week the show. And finally in 4 by 3 with not crappy integration, it is just go read it. Uh, I talk about it in the first review.
1: This is the kind of thing Elias cares a lot about, and you will hear it going forward. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mostly I mostly do kind of a little bit of everything. Recently, uh, a few months ago, wrapped up one of my biggest projects which was charting jason aaron's thor run from thor god of thunder all the way through to the end of king thor haven't gone back to valkyrie because it's kind of a different beast
1: great series though a lot both the jason aaron thor yeah. and elias covering it if you haven't read it you can find it on multiversity and i recommend it i was reading it and it was great
0: shameless plug shameless plug shameless plug
1: well i i feel a lot of shame but i'm powering through <laughs> it i don't
0: <laughs> uh we got a couple more questions so
1: jake yeah.
0: What Marvel book do you absolutely love?
1: So many. I'm a like a longtime Marvel guy, and I think we're going to have an episode in the future where we talk about our uh, relationship with Marvel as a publisher and how we fell in and out of love with it over the years. But gun to my head, you're asking me to pick one Marvel series that I love and would rep. I think I would pick... The Immortal Iron Fist by Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker with art by, is it David Aja or David Aha?
0: I've heard it both ways. I've always said David Aja.
1: David Aja. I've never heard that, but I like it.
0: Most other people I've heard when they say it aloud is David uh, Aha. So I could be very wrong.
1: Yeah, that's how I've heard it, too. David, if you're listening to this episode, which I'm sure you are, uh, let us know. Send us a DM. We'd love it. Um, Because you are the artist of that book, my favorite book. And- Iron Fist is a weird choice. I feel like um, he was never the most popular character, and then he had a pretty crummy Netflix show for the most part, and that made everyone really hate him. Plus, there was a lot of racial insensitivity that went into the production of that show, which generated controversy. And my man Danny Rand got like a really bad rap for all that, and that's all legitimate reason to not love the character. But this book is awesome. It's got the creative team that later went on to do the much more famous and successful Hawkeye, matt fraction and uh, david aha again but with the addition of ed brubaker on iron fist and what's so cool about that is i've always found ed brubaker to be an intricate plotter who can come up with these grand conspiracies and that's the kind of thing that served him really well in say his captain america run and uh fraction is the kind of guy who can easily lose the plot but uh his writing is sharp no one knows comics better than fraction he really gets the form and uh, his character work is always good. So when you pair those two guys, it's my perfect superhero comic. It's funny and it's sincere, and it's got gorgeous artwork and surprising twists—at least for the first dozen or so issues. It's my probably my favorite Marvel series, probably my favorite superhero series.
0: Hell yeah! I still have to finish reading that. You never finished reading that? No, I got about two. I think I got two to three volumes in, and then the library just didn't have the other volumes, and I haven't gone back to finish it yet.
1: Eventually, uh, the creative team shifts, but the title stays the same, which is a very Marvel thing to do. And I still like the later series, but it's that first couple of trades, though the part where it's still Baker and Fraction together, that um, I think is just unparalleled. So you read the, the part that's my favorite, which is the first two trades worth. Yeah. There's also an issue by Howard Chaykin, which doesn't do much for me at all, but that's fine. Uh, but what about you, Eliza? If you had to pick one Marvel book to rep, introduce people to your Marvel taste, what would you pick? So I I would not
0: be able to pick just one book, but I will for this podcast because uh, I don't want to make you all suffer listening to me always picking at least four choices when someone says, give me one. So <laughs> I'm going to have to go with uh, Zdarsky and Quinone's Howard the Duck Run, which is across two series because of Secret Wars. Secret Wars with an S, not Secret War the singular. Oy oh yeah. Remember, Marvel naming, they, they don't always uh, love the love themselves that way. But Howard the Duck is, I've never read the original. This is the only Howard the Duck I've ever read. And if you only know of Howard from the movie, well, I feel bad for you because that movie is garbage and this <laughs> series is not. It features Howard as a really kind of crappy detective trying to find a mechanical cat named Biggs and then also getting shot into space and meeting up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And from there, it's just kind of wild and crazy and only ran 19 issues, which is what they planned, which is very nice. So you get this really cool condensed story. It's really strange. It's really fun. And it kind of highlights the weirder parts of the Marvel universe. And that's kind of what I love about Marvel. It's the weird little corners that you can find these characters with
1: and those are the corners we're definitely going to be exploring cuz i too like some, oh yeah i like my some weird corners myself interesting that both of our picks had to be qualified by um the name is stupid the comic is great the movie or show is also stupid <laughs> just a uh, Really shows uh, where we're at with Marvel, where our favorite stuff is just never going to get a good adaptation. And it doesn't matter because we like comics.
0: Exactly.
1: But, Elias, it's not always just about going to be about the Marvel books that we love the most. We also uh, are holders of maybe some uh, hot takes or controversial opinions. Do you have something that you consider to be your uh, controversial Marvel opinion that you uh, bust out when uh, the conversation isn't lively enough? Well, I have a few
0: and a few that I don't really hold tight that I just do because it makes people angry, but also creates some interesting conversations. One of those being Jack Kirby's early art was kind of shit. Whoa, that is controversial. So I'm a, but, I'm a
1: little bit taken aback by that. So, I, I guess uh, I never thought about it.
0: Yeah. So that's one of those, that's one of those opinions that I don't necessarily hold too deeply or too closely, but it always gives me a really interesting conversation afterwards. Uh, and I sort of figured that out when I was writing a retrospective for Multiversity about Kirby's art and kind of tracking it through starting as like amazing fantasy days through the Eternals and all that all the Marvel stuff but the one of the one of the opinions that I think is a a little bit a little bit more more deeper held is that I actually kind of really like the inhumans.
1: I do also like the inhumans and
0: the eternals. I
1: hate the eternals though. We are definitely <laughs> gonna read some inhuman stuff as a part of this podcast. Eternals we might read because I need to be sold on them before their movie comes out, but God do I hate the eternals. Not even Neil Gaiman could make me like the eternals.
0: The good news about the eternals is there really isn't that much content.
1: Yeah I guess <laughs> the good news is there's not a lot of it.
0: Yeah, you could read all of it and then be like, well, this part was okay. I really like this part. This part was kind of shit.
1: Well, I'm really excited for you to guide me through the Eternals. I might like rage a lot at it because I think they're so stupid. But that sounds fun. I'm into raging at the Eternals. I love that kind of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Inhumans are great. Uh, Charles Soule's run on the Inhumans specifically was hmm. better than the it was better X Men than the X Men that was coming out concurrently with it. <laughs> but that's not my controversial opinion. If I had to pick one that I really know fires some of my comic friends up, it's that I rather like at least the beginning part of uh nick spencer's captain america run the one that was very politically controversial i i I have to admit that it did get away from him by the end where it makes no sense but uh that's the run that at the end of the first issue captain america uh hails hydra which was heard around the world that blew up comics yeah and i always thought that was a neat idea it was happening during the 2015 election 2016. Yeah, the 20, the election for the president of 2016. Yeah. Um, so uh, Barack Obama was president when it was being planned and written. But there was like a, this alarming rise of right-wing fascism in America. And I thought it was so cool that this book was um, asking what if America became the Nazi thing. I thought that was such an interesting idea because just a, a lot of people – in my life at the time, weren't taking that sort of thing seriously. And now in hindsight, it seems like it's almost in bad taste with like this America being corrupted by the Nazis. But I thought it was really prescient when it started off. And I thought that it was kind of a brave idea to explore, even if by the end of it, he had completely uh, stretched the premise so thin that he wasn't saying anything at all. But I thought it was really cool. But I don't think you agree with me about this one, Elias. So actually, I do. Oh, that's it. So unusual. I when that issue first
0: came out, when the news broke, me and my friend Steve texted each other because we're both we're both comics fans. He's a big DC guy. DC Steve? DC Steve. I might get I might kinda kinda talk about that at another time. But we were we were talking about the the decision and I was like, this could be really interesting and I think you could get a lot of good stories out of this. However, I think Marvel's marketing was absolute shit when it came to this. Like they at Mark, Marvel's marketing, I think you can lay about 60% of the controversy at their feet by saying, no, this is like trying to dance around the fact that, you know, Cap had been. So for a little co- context for this, there's Cap had been brainwashed essentially, or his his reality had been rewritten in the events of something else so that he was, his mother was always, was a Hydra agent. And so he was raised as a HYDRA agent. But the way he viewed HYDRA was not the same way that we viewed HYDRA. And that tension could have been really interesting to explore, especially because Captain America is a symbol for America. And so the question is, what happens when the symbol becomes corrupted? Nick Spencer didn't really take it that way. Um, so early on, I thought that was a great idea. But Nick Spencer's has always been a little bit, he's always had a little bit of a tin ear uh, and when he when he really gets into the more sociopolitical aspects, he starts to falter. You can kind of see that in his Sam Wilson stuff.
1: It's true. His best comics are his lighter, more sitcomy comics. Like uh, yeah. Superior Foes of Spider-Man is, I think, his best work for Marvel, certainly. And um, yeah. I also really like, um, what's another one? What's his, uh, oh, his, uh, his run on Ant-Man, I thought, was super fun. And that's the one where he created Hench, the app for finding henchmen for supervillains and which is a great idea and that comic would make me laugh and that's why i liked it
0: yeah so i, th- I think Tanahisi coates has been doing a much better job of grappling with similar questions
1: ah, that goes without saying i mean uh, you're that's comparing um uh macarthur genius winning essayist to um like a pretty funny comic writer so obviously uh, yeah i mean fair but if you if you want
0: to see kind of this the themes done a lot better read Coates' stuff, read the the current uh, Captain America stuff. If you want to see what the hell went wrong, read Spencer's stuff through the end of Secret Empire, but maybe just skip Secret Empire.
1: I think uh, I might want to return to that book at some time for us to do an episode about it, because I think um, maybe safely, if we're still recording this podcast and the world's still around, in a later presidential administration, we can look back on that yeah. book as, a, as representing an era, as I like to do with some books from the Bush administration. Now, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and I think it would be it would be fun to kind of revisit the column that was done for Multiversity and The Man in the Hydra Castle, see what was being said contemporaneously, and then what's be what we're we're reading it as a whole.
1: Oh my God, Eliza, that's such good historical thinking, which is a skill that's very important to me as a sometimes history teacher, uh, which is one of my. Occasional day jobs. I mean, I can keep hitting with Marvel controversies. I think Dan Slott gets a bad rap. I know he's kind of a loudmouth, but I don't mind that he's a loudmouth. And I think his books are really good. And I was at a con one time at a panel for Spider Man, and um this guy came, and he, this was during the Superior Spider Man run when Peter Parker was dead, and this guy went up to the mic during the Q and A, and he was like. Uh, so uh, when do you think you'll be bringing Peter Parker? And Dan Slott doesn't even let him finish the question. He leans in and he yells into the mic. I killed him. He's dead. He's six feet underground and he's never coming back. Next question. And the guy keeps trying to interrupt him. And he's like, no, but I know that Peter Parker is going to be. And he's like, never coming back. Next question. And it's like a little scary because this big beardy guy is yelling. And the next question is from this little kid. And I don't even remember the question, but uh, Dan Slott answered it politely and said, you know what? Come over here. Gave him a bunch of science Spider-Man comics and merch that he had for this uh, very occasion. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Dan Slott only heckles the people who got stupid questions at the con. When it's a kid who loves Spider-Man, he's all smiles. And uh, that's when I realized that despite being sometimes a little tenured, uh, Dan Slott uh, has got it where it counts.
0: I think his Fantastic Four has not been so great. But we're not here to discuss the contemporary books, even though we kind of have. We're here to talk about oh, We like
1: a lot of contemporary books
0: oh yeah we're here to talk about the show this show
1: yeah this show is gonna be looking a little different going forward um we loved the show under kevin and we loved appearing on it which is why we did it as often as we did mm-hmm. but we've got uh, some different plans about how we want to run it for a plethora of reasons which i will now get into the first and most prominent change is we're going to be doing a book club once a month for uh, one of our two monthly episodes we are going to be Picking a book, and we'll announce it ahead of time to give you a chance to read along if that's the kind of thing you do. And it's gonna be a Marvel book. It could be a Marvel book from like way, way back. Or it could be um, a Marvel book that's uh, contemporary and was recently concluded, or it could be something in the middle. But we're going to be picking different books. Some of them we just think are great and people should read and we want to read and we want each other to read. Some of them are we're going to be doing because they tie into movies or comics or other things that are coming out now, just in case you want some background on a cool Marvel event, both events with a capital E and a lowercase e. And sometimes we're going to be uh, just picking like a deep cut and really getting into the, the trivia and the history of certain weird corners of the marvel universe because that's the kind of thing me and elias like like howard the duck or the west coast avengers Or how many Nick Furies are there? And why is there more than one? Questions like that. And we will be picking books that explore those topics. And we're going to be getting into it. Because I like, I don't know about you, Elias, but I like podcasts uh, where I learn a little bit of new trivia. Even if I've seen the movie or read the book a hundred times, there's always more to learn. And I love when my podcasts uh, do that research. And that's the kind of thing that I'm hoping to bring to the table here. Do you want to talk about that first book we're going to be
0: reading? In presumably two weeks, maybe a little bit longer. It all depends on... We
1: appreciate your flexibility and understanding during these, uh, what do the people call them, unprecedented times?
0: I mean, yeah, but that the word no longer has any meaning to me. I've heard it too many times.
1: My, I said unprecedented times in a conversation, and then my buddy just inserted into the next sentence. Yeah. Uh, the, in these fuckless moments, and that's how I've been thinking about them, in these fuckless times. But what book are we going to be reading, man?
0: So we're going to be reading The Cree Scroll War. So originally supposed to air in the summer... Air publish in the summer was the new empire event which features the kree and the Skrull uniting after being in this forever war essentially and we thought it would be a really interesting way to kick this off and kick off the uh fresh make mine multiversity 2.0 now start avengers era (laughs) of make mine multiversity with the event and big air quotes uh more so the arc that launched Uh, The kree Scroll War.
1: That ran from Avengers number 89 to Avengers number 97. It was written by Roy Thomas, who was the Avengers writer at the time. And it went through a couple artists by the end, uh, starting with Sal Buscema. Buscema? Buscema? Sal Buscema. Pronouncing comic creators' names is a big weakness of mine, so I apologize to the creators. I love your work, and I am happy to be corrected. I like knowing your names, too. Uh, Drawn by Sal Buscema, Neil Adams, and John Buscema.
0: If you would like to read along with us and you have access to a physical copy of either the original issues or the collected edition, either from your library, from your local comic book store, from your local bookstore, or if you already had them, Uh, Go pick that up. If you're looking digitally, they have the collection and I believe the issues themselves on Comixology. Comixology Unlimited currently has the collection. Same with Marvel Unlimited. They have the full issues individually. So if you've got access to there, those are some great places to go and try and read them.
1: Elias was very alarmed to learn that I actually had the issues from a DVD I bought at a drugstore that had like hundreds of Avengers comics on them that I bought in 2007 and that was probably made in like 2004. It's terrifying
0: to think about DVD comics. How would you read them? Pop it into the player and just watch
1: as it scrolls by on the screen? Yeah, i pop it into my laptop and then you'd read it like a PDF. Laptops with CD players? What year? They, they- All laptops had CD players in 2007. What
0: year is this? 1972?
1: What year is this? 1874?
0: (laughs) The great way beyond before times.
1: Uh, But we'll be getting into time travel stuff a little bit later down the line. So that's going to be Cree Scroll War is going to be our first Marvel Book Club book. Uh, also, in the future, we would be very excited. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be having guests on. Sometimes the guests might uh, have a favorite Marvel book that we'll read along with them. And I would be really stoked if uh, listeners started uh, suggesting books that they want to do in the book club. This is the kind of thing we're still in the process of organizing. I would love to have a place uh, where. Our listeners could such things for book club. But for now, uh, if you tweet at us, which will uh, include our Twitters when this podcast is released, or at the official Multiversity Comics Twitter, just be like, make my Multiversity. We would like to read. And then say a Marvel book you'd like to read. And say something weird. We like weird.
0: But hopefully not insulting. Please don't insult us or the creators.
1: Yeah. If you could avoid insulting people on the internet, you're doing half of what you're supposed to be doing already, I say. But that's only one episode of the two every month. The other episode is going to be a lot more familiar to the usual format of the show under Kevin. Uh, What kind of stuff are we going to be doing with that, Elias? So
0: we're going to be covering some uh, current Marvel books. Most of those current Marvel books will most likely be kind of some of the important ones or big beginnings and endings. Try to have a smattering of, you know, some of the weirder stuff, some like issue seven of a series that's, you know, not super popular but that we think is super rad and we're going to still be covering the news but not in the same way as under kevin because both jake and i are i feel like aggressively ambivalent to news and looking at previews and that's just not any fun to listen to two guys who are like yeah I guess this happened.
1: Yeah, we tried. We were trying to figure out a way that we could get ourselves excited over uh, the breaking news kinds of conversations. But I think Elias and I are more like historically minded and we like looking at old books and we like reading new books. So we decided rather than um, force ourselves to get excited by the daily news grind, we're going to we're going to make this like a lot more of an exploration and we're going to go in all sorts of directions, which doesn't mean if there's something really breaking that's uh, important to talk about that we'll skip it. But uh, that's not going to that's going to be the exception rather than the rule, I think.
0: Certainly. And for the time being, we probably won't be covering too many current books uh, because of the pandemic. And like we said, there are Marvel's releasing their stuff in weird ways. Uh, every other week, new issues are coming out. Some of them have shifted digital. Uh, and then on those
1: off weeks, they're releasing their trades and omnibuy and collections and whatnot. You say omnibuy? That's how you pluralize that? Yep. I always do the Hebrew pluralization. I say omnibot.
0: <laughs> but is it male is or female? Male or female, which I know... I know, but Hebrew is a very
1: gendered language. So wouldn't it be om- omnibuot? Um, no, I think it's boat. There's a linguistic reason for this. I need to consult a native Hebrew speaker, not myself. If you're a native Hebrew speaker and you've got an opinion on how to pluralize Latin words in Hebrew, tweet at us as well.
0: I feel like that Venn diagram is... Uh... Not existence.
1: I hope to cultivate a listener base that's into dead languages and revived languages. We're gonna have a real choice of linguists by the time we're through with this show.
0: Does this mean I have to learn Cree and or scroll? You don't
1: speak Cree and scroll uh, You got a lot of learning to do before you uh, before the next episode. Yeah, but but as
0: you know, as comics come back, as they are wont to do, we will be, start covering more and more books as the days go on.
1: Because the fact is, we're really enthusiastic about Marvel books. They make us pretty happy. They're lots of fun. And we hope you feel the same way.
0: Yeah, they are. It's probably about it for today.
1: Yeah, that about covers it. Uh, we really hope that you guys uh, stick around and tell your friends about us. If you hate us, I guess, like, keep that to yourself or give us some constructive feedback. And if you love us, then tell everyone and uh, get them listening to this show, because it's gonna be awesome.
0: So where wait- Where can they find us on the larger interwebs?
1: Well, um, as mentioned at the top of the show, Relias and I both contribute regularly to MultiversityComics.com, and that's a great website, and you should check it out. Um, And I can be found at Twitter at rambling underscore moose. Rambling because that's what happens when I try to talk, underscore because you can't do spaces on Twitter, and moose because that's a really cool animal.
0: And you can find me uh, on Twitter at Wetzel Q-U-E-T-Z-E-L-I-S-H, H, not H. H is <laughs> for fire. There is a story behind that, but I'm a man of mystery, so
1: I'm not going to tell you. I'm a man of mystery, too. There's a real reason for the moose, but it's very mysterious. See, I can do mysteries. <laughs> Elias isn't the only mysterious one on this show. <laughs> Thank you all for coming and listening
0: to us, and we will see you again in a couple weeks.
1: See you guys soon.